Hello and welcome to this all-new episode of Poetry Spoken Here. I am producer and technical director Jack Rossiter-Munley. And very quickly before we get into the episode, I just wanted to mention as always that Poetry Spoken Here is produced by Cardboard Box Productions Incorporated, a small digital production company making podcasts about poetry, literature, and cultural history. You can find out more about Poetry Spoken Here and all of the other Cardboard Box Productions podcasts at cardboardboxproductionsinc.com. And, most excitingly, Cardboard Box Productions also has a newsletter called Unboxed that you can subscribe to, and that's a great place to get more information about the poets and writers featured on Poetry Spoken Here, and the people, poems, and subjects featured on all of the other Cardboard Box shows. So again, that's the newsletter Unboxed that you can subscribe to from CardboardBoxProductionsInc.com. On with the show. I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. Our feature today is Rich Ferguson. He's the editor of a really wonderful-looking new book, Beat, Not Beat, from Moontide Press. The drop date for that is October 1, 2022, which is actually about a week from while we're talking now, around when you're going to hear this, folks, on the podcast. And he has some co-editors, Alexis Roan fancher Kim Shuck, and S.A. Griffin. And this book is a collection of poetry from California poets who work in the beat, post-beat vein, you might say. Uh, Yeah, you'll recognize beatness in their poetry. People like Diane De Prima, Bob Kaufman, hey, Lawrence Ferlinghetti, the late great, and uh, a whole lot of other people. It's a Really wonderful anthology, and we're going to be talking about it. And, well, Rich, I'm really glad you're here so we can do this. Yeah, thank you, Charlie. It's uh, an honor to be speaking with you, and shout out to Alexis Roan Fancher, uh, who helped make this happen. So, yeah, Yeah. thanks, Charlie. That's really great. And, um, well, I mentioned to you uh, that one of your poems in your new book is... uh, Freaks with beat to me. At least yeah. it sounds like it. It just really, I was reading him saying, hey, this is the way Kerouac would describe a scene in some club or something like yeah. that. It's about party. And that's, yeah, 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 yeah. You're absolutely right about that. And another poet who I really like and who is also in Beat Not Beat, and she was one of the first poets, and I'm hoping to read one of her poems, the poems she has in this collection is um, Wanda Coleman, who's sadly no longer with us uh, in the flesh, but definitely in the poetic spirit. Um, A lot of her poetry is um, autobiographical. You know, she talks about Mm -hmm. things happening in her life, racial injustice and things like that. So when you had mentioned to me why Summer of South Jersey House Party spoke to you because it was a poem where I was speaking more of my life, but you know, as Kerouac did with some of his. And when I got thinking about Wanda Coleman, I was like, yeah, that's really what I like about her poetry too, is a lot of it. She speaks of her own life, but yet she does it in a very poetic way, you know, just very engaging. So yeah, this is called the Summer of South Jersey House Parties. 
Riding a rabid twist on a blackout boogie down, it was the summer of South Jersey house parties. Bong blasts and tequila shots till cross-eyed. One too many Long Island iced teas mixed with one too many long looks at someone else's girlfriend, the recipe for a fist fight. Those parties. Beer belly, tobacco chewing pineys, boozing elbow to elbow with diner waitresses, divorcees, ex-cons, slutty ex-cheerleaders, and clean-cut recent high school grads like me getting our first real taste of the raw-boned wild side. Always a muscle car or two parked on dirt lawns, tangled in those back seats. Long, lean girls pregnant with reckless desires, muscled thugs, black cats stalking their psyches. Sweat-soaked savage lovers hopped up on black beauties and black Sabbath, bone-knocking to sabotage windows fogged. Those parties. Every Saturday night, we of itchy minds and feet, hearts hurling bricks through glass windows, walls of inhibitions, dancing, gangly limbs akimbo, inside cigarette and water stained waltz, shotgun shacks, juiced on Jack in the DJ's playlist. We brushed up against the opposite sex like sticks rubbing together, sparking fires, burning hips, burning hopes, burning the hours away to cheap trick, blondie, Springsteen. Kisses tasted of Stoli, Banaka, Marlboro. Hand jobs, blow jobs, illicit affairs in shadowy backyards, the moonwashed night air wreathed any wrongdoings in hibiscus and cricket symphonies, our collective exuberance synonymous with our fashion sense, badass bomber jackets, brightly colored short shorts, frilly bras stuffed with tissues and socks, lead zep t-shirts, sleeves hacked off. That summer of South Jersey house parties. Some, like me, would soon go off to college, still others to trade school or the military. The rest remained stuck in town, drunk and stumbling from one house party to the next, dancing to Skinner's Stevie Wonder, Donna Summer, Last Dance, Last Chance for Love. Yeah, that, that, that there's so much sound and rhythm in that poem. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I, my drummer is uh, my first instrument, so uh, oh. I really do um, yeah, edit I could by hear, ear. I could hear the beat, yeah. And and at the beginning, I mean, I just took a note off the beginning. I, I figured it was going to keep happening, but there's all those, uh -huh. bee, all those bees in the first, like, maybe half dozen lines. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, could you read them again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just just the first little bit where there's a bunch of bees. Sure, sure. It's just, I went, oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, let's see. Riding a rabid twist on a blackout boogie down. It was the summer of South Jersey house parties. Bong blasts and tequila shots till cross-eyed. Yeah, that was yeah, the yeah, bee yeah. there. Just <laughs> really nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, here's a question for you, because I think about it all the time. People, People love to toss around the idea of something being beat. And yeah. I'm wondering, I would imagine you had some pretty interesting editorial discussions, uh, figuring yeah. out what to put it in. Like, what what were you got? What did you come up with? What do you come up with with what makes something beat? Well, that's or a good question. And I'm sure I'm sure that you know there will be some people out there who nail us. You know, like sure, oh, that's okay. You know, whatever. I mean, just to you know, when you kind of just look 
on you know when you look back on the idea of beats you know there were there, there were all different kinds of people you know gays straight catholic buddhist existentialists you know all these people coming together to create some noise you know in this post-war void you know period and you know they were looking to write poetry create art share their life stories you know kerouac things you were talking about and, you know, going up against the grain of society or the conventional grain of society, you know, and, you know, they were beat. I mean, in the sense they were, they were beat up, they were beat down, they were going to the beat of their own drum, they were, you know, flying in the face of all these conventions. And, um, you know, this book does its best to, to honor, you know, some of the pure beats, you know, Berlinghetti, De Prima, you know, some of sure. those folks, but also, um, you know, S.A. Griffin, uh, one of the editors, what he referred to as like the baby beats, you know, some of the, the people who came in the, uh, actually, if, if you wouldn't mind, I would like to, to sure. read something that S.A. wrote in his afterward for the book, and he kind of addresses this issue of like, you know, what is beat yeah. sort of thing, cool. and he says... What began with Walt Whitman in Bohemian New York in the late 19th century moved forward by the expats of the lost generation in France and Europe and then hit the road with the beat generation after the bomb dropped to usher in the atomic age continues to flourish to this day. There are easily thousands across the globe inspired by the musings of the tribe, past and present, who follow and are part of the culture. Many of the surviving first wave, second wave, and baby beats would tell you that this isn't true, that they are the one and only original issue. No one else need apply. Much the same way that many of the surviving old school punks would tell you that punk ended before it began and that all those kids in their ripped misfit t-shirts, spikes, and leather drag are all posers. A baby, a baby boomer cutting my teeth on the 1970s, I don't see or experience what might be punk as being too far removed from what might be beat. They just are. So, you know... Uh, Again, while we sort of try to honor what would have been considered some of the true beat poets, sure. um, I also thought it important to, and, and essay and others, to honor poets who either consciously carry on that, that beat tradition in some way or another, but I also see an element of beat as being music. And you picked up on that when I was reading my poem, sort of a musicality and you know, when I hear certain poets do their work and I hear that musicality and vibrancy in their delivery, they might not consider themselves beat poets or whatever, but I do pick up on a certain beat spirit, you know, just that energy that, uh -huh. you know, flying in the face of conventions. And so I, I wanted to honor those poets too. Are they traditional beats? No. Absolutely not. Well, Do they either consciously or unconsciously carry some element of the beat tradition? I believe they do. Well, that's very cool. Uh, yeah. I would I would not have thought it. I mean, I I know the rhythms there, generally speaking. Let's say in in uh, in beat poetics, let's call it. Uh, yeah. But I like the way you're thinking about it. That's interesting. Yeah, and yeah. also, you know, socially conscious, you know, uh, political activists and things, you know, because part of the beat tradition was political activism. And so some of the poets we've pulled into the collection are, you know, 
politically active and things like that, or, or, you know, talking about sexuality, which is an element of the beats as well. And so, you know, or feminism or things like that. So that element has been brought into. Yeah. 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 They were woke before anybody knew to say woke. Yeah. So yeah. it's, you know, it's a wide net it's, you yeah. know, and sure. But it's definitely something S.A. and I have spoken about when, because he would come over to my apartment and I had all the poems laid. I mean, you can see my floor here, not the listeners, but mm -hmm. I had all the poems printed out and laid on the floor. And S.A. and I just went through them and just was, we were shifting the mm -hmm. collection around, just trying to find a flow that seemed to work for us. And we would have, you know, we'd be working for hours and we'd have different conversations and he's more tapped into, you know, sort of the beat movement than I am and, and knows a lot more. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to bring him in as a, as yeah. a fellow editor, because I, I, you know, defer to his wisdom and knowledge mm. when it comes to this. And I knew, and I knew that he could bring a lot to this. And he just said, yeah, I can see it now. There are going to be some people who are going to be like, this is not a beat anthology but we we know that you know we know that but we are honoring the beats yeah well i think it's kind of beat to not give a damn what the critics say there you go charlie <laughs> <laughs> well said anyway well let's, let's hear another poem from you or someone in the book whatever you like yeah let's go with wanda you see i want to i want to read wanda because um she when i started thinking about that i wanted to do this book she was one of the first poets that I was really, she and Bob Kaufman were two poets that I were like, these are like two poets that I really want in this book. And Bob Kaufman was actually easier to, to get. Essay turned me on to um, Tate Swindell, who's actually, who actually was the editor on a uh, anthology of Bob Kaufman's poetry. Mm -hmm. So Obtaining Bob Kaufman was actually pretty easy, but when it came to getting Wanda, I was having the hardest time. I was going through all these different channels, UCLA yeah. and different publishers, and just I couldn't get anything. And then I, uh, after like a couple months or so of just like, how am I going to get a Wanda poem? I remembered that I had a book of hers. It was one of the last ones she had published that, was, uh, that had been published by the University of Pittsburgh. And she'd even signed the book when I'd gone to see her at Beyond Baroque. And I was like, wait a minute, let me reach out to University of Pittsburgh. And, you know, they were yeah. very cool. And I was able to get one of her poems out. So this is the one I'm going to read. And it's called, O Soul Concealed Below. I danced the snake, a torturous samba. Or actually, Charlie, just real quick. This, again, what I mentioned about Wanda Coleman earlier, just that idea of, like of talking about her own life, but doing it in such a vibrant way, just and and you know, just you know throbbing with rhythm and passion and everything. Anyway, sorry to have interrupted Good. you. Good. No. Oh, soul concealed below. I danced the snake, a torturous samba, bramble-haired, wine-eyed, skin-seared, wailing against the cave, against the tower, stinking of poverty, of burnt rubber and water-based paint, patchouli oil and sage, gasoline and auto exhaust, stinking to high hell. 
all verticals within the horizontals, ventricles overworked, called Kashiba, but lived life without Sundays, a severity of tongues, a raw vernacular, the freight of jealousies, a cloak of hornets on my way nowhere, voiceless, unheard, yet seeking redress, glide under glide, the sweet spring sun forgotten, gods cavorting the thought horizon, recreating the moon, full splendor, heartbeat slumbers, depth, the music of moans, swells of air, eternity unraveling, becoming the length of time it takes to capture his attention at ecstasy's gate. I am the fat woman scratching her breast in public, arm heavy like a tired swimmer, yet stitching together my garment of sunlight and sand, crossing the ninth boundary to a field of white crosses, salvation defied. In last night's dream, I searched the bed sheets, and one by one removed the slender knives from the folds, those lovely long thin knives with serrated blades. He places himself beneath me that I may grasp and climb his body, first the altar, then pray, then the offering, as I am transformed from calm to cunning, from logy to lusty, from wife to wanton, our ritual before couplings as we snake and coil, one across the other, skin against skin, flame into flame, and the dark shineth in the light, and the lightness comprehended it not oh yeah that's lovely that is, yeah. and that's got so much sound oh, oh my yeah. god yeah 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 and pe people don't realize i think i didn't know until i did it the first time but you can really go through hell trying to get permission for a poem oh and my god when you're trying was, to get a bunch yeah. of them for an anthology you may have a bunch of little blockades uh you know some people are nothing to deal with the person's there yeah especially when they're dead and you're dealing with the mm -hmm. estate or the publisher and and you really it's an it's an act of love yeah that seriously you know, is and, and devotion to make it happen yeah and that's well said uh you know essay was such a well a godsend in many ways but man he really came through when it came to scoring us poems like ferlinghetti diane de prima yeah um and some of the other big ones and he oh and uh neil cassidy and carolyn cassidy oh and he and he you know he knows their estates he he knows their relatives and he basically just went to them and said look we're doing this thing it's a labor of love and can you help us out and they were yeah. all really cool and yeah. you know are thoroughly thanked in the book for for helping us yeah yeah that's super yeah yeah, when it's all over, it's wonderful, but it can really be a pain, the, a pain trying to get it to happen. Yeah, and, yeah, and I had to in go time through. On my, yeah. on my end, I don't have a lot of those connections, so I had to deal with publishers and pay, you know, fees right. to get homes and stuff. But whatever, it, it's all yeah. worth it. So. When it's done, it's done. Yeah. Now, exactly. um, we should say a little bit about your your book. Uh, everything is radiant between yeah. the hates. Thank yeah. you. Yes. My yeah, that was out on yeah. Moontide Press that, you know, like, yeah. like so many authors that came, <laughs> that came out during COVID and just like, <laughs> what do I do with this book that's come out during COVID? Can't I do can't do a reading. Yeah, right. I can only do Zoom readings or whatever. But um, I, you know, I really love with working with Eric Morago at Moontide and I, 
I love, you know, the poets involved with Moontide, so many great, you know, Alexis, yeah. who we mentioned before, she's part of the Moontide family. And, you know, um, Beat Not Beats coming out on Moontide. When I first got the idea for the book, I, Eric was the first person I went to and I said, you know, I've got this idea for an anthology, you know, I want to honor California poets, you know, the yeah. beat tradition, etc. And he did not hesitate at all. He was uh, just like, I'm with you. And, yeah. The way it ought to be. Yeah. That's the way it ought to be. And, what, you know, what, what, what could you tell somebody who doesn't know anything about your book? Like our listeners, <laughs> what, what would you say? Huh. Like, what was your, what was your theme or themes or whatever at that time or your fixations, well, whatever you want to call them? Yeah, no, that's, that's a good question. I think um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to look a little bit off this PR thing I put together. Cause I want to, I want to get it right mm -hmm. as far as like how to describe the book. So anyway, again, I'm, well, first I want to, again, give a shout out to my fellow editors, S.A. Griffin, who I've mentioned, Alexis Roan Fantru, who I've mentioned, and uh, Kim Shuck, who's one of the former San Francisco Poet Laureates. They've all been mm -hmm. amazing. So as far as the, uh, the anthology, you know, it, it spans that period I was talking about, post-war, atomic bomb, obsessed American landscape, you know, the period when the beat poets... Um, uh, baby beats, you know, yeah. and all their progenitors inspired one another through cultural, political, humorous means to create, you know, new forms of conscien consciousness, weaponizing pen and paper to enact mighty forms of lyrical rebellion. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a little of what we're doing here. And some of the, you know, some of the more notable poets, you know, that poets, people, you know, yeah. uh, folks out there probably have heard of Bob Kaufman, as we've mentioned, Diane DePrima. Jack Hirschman, Wanda Coleman, as I mentioned, Ferlinghetti, Bukowski. Uh, we've got, you know, contemporary poets such as Douglas Kearney, who wrote a really beautiful uh, poem to Wanda Coleman. And those two mm. poems are sort of back to back in the book. L.A. poet Brendan Constantine, Kib, uh, Kim Adonizio, uh, mm -hmm. Will Alexander, former United States poet laureate Robert Haas. He was, you know, speaking about yeah. poets who were so gracious, I wrote, oh. you know, Robert friggin Haas, former United States poet yeah. laureate, and he was so gracious. He he just, you know, the, he didn't even yeah. think twice. He just sent me a poem and he said, you know, all the best oh. with the anthology. And when he sent me a bio, it was the most humble bio. It's not one of these long and sprawling bios. It was just a couple of sentences. I was like, God bless you, Robert Hodge. You're amazing. And his poem yeah. is amazing, too. Yeah. yeah. He's a great yeah. guy, and he knows so much. He yeah. has such oh, breadth. He's... And wow. He's just so impressive. Yeah. I have a book over in my pile there that you can see that the listeners mm -hmm. cannot. But it's, it's a book that he wrote about. I, I can't recall the title offhand, but a book that he wrote about poetry and it's so beautiful and it's so well done. I mean, he's like you said, he has such breath in his writing. It's yeah. So uh, is, is there an archetypal poem from your book that you could read? Uh, yeah, sure. Just a thought. Uh, I well, I'll read the, uh, I'll read the, maybe I'll just read the title poem. Uh, here it is. Okay. So this was the title poem. Now, again, this was, this was uh, written during COVID. So basically, uh, this was hmm. written, the book went to press um, 
just after COVID had first started, mm -hmm. like when we were just getting, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so there, there's sort of a COVID reference in here, and there's a sort of a couple COVID references in a couple of the poems, mm -hmm. just because we. Um, we had thought we were going to go to press earlier, but then COVID hit. And I was like, Eric, I want a little bit more time to just kind of write a couple poems about what's going on. And he was very cool. He's like, okay, no problem. So anyway, this one, this one is the title poem, Everything is Radiant Between the Hates. Days booby trapped with animosity, reeking of gunpowder's acrid bite. When the bass-heavy beat of police brutality makes it so you can't breathe and kids begin the new school year with face masks and bulletproof backpacks. When homegrown terrorists keep getting younger and bullet speech grows louder. When those who perish from shootings, beatings, lynchings, overdose and disease are reduced to body bag hashtags on social media. So heavy these days when chaos holds sway and pallbearers bear the weight of still another coffin across the worn, cobbled streets of our eyes. In between it all, moments of grace, a kind word, a shared kiss, offering a child tender stick phrases such as please and thank you to illuminate their journey forward. Here, contentment is revealed. Everything is radiant between the hates. So if you wouldn't mind, Charlie, yeah. I had mentioned Bob Kaufman earlier because, you know, mm -hmm. it was he and Wanda as the two poets that first came to mind that I wanted to get in the book. Would you be cool if I read his poem? Sure, do anthology? it. Yeah. This is, this is one of my favorite Bob Kaufman Super. poems um, called Would You Wear My Eyes? My body is a torn mattress, disheveled, throbbing place for the comings and goings of loveless transients, the whole of me is an unfurnished room filled with dank breath escaping and gasped to nowhere. Before completely objective mirrors, I have shot myself with my eyes, but death refused my advances. I have walked on my walls each night through stained, strange landscapes in my head, I have brushed my teeth with orange peel, iced with cold blood from the dripping faucets. My face is covered with maps of dead nations. My hair is littered with drying ragweed. Bitter raisins drip haphazardly from my nostrils while schools of glowing minnows swim from my mouth. The nipples of my breasts are sun-brown, cockleburs, long-forgotten Indian tribes fight battles on my chest, unaware of the sunken ships rotting in my stomach. My legs are charred remains of burned cypress trees. My feet are covered with moss from bayous flowing across my floor. I can't go out anymore. I shall sit on my ceiling. Would you wear my eyes? Ah. Uh. Yeah, I see why you like that one. Yeah. That about wraps I us up. You, Great. <laughs> Folks, you're listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I am your host. Be with us again next time to let poetry speak to you. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter-Mundley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetryspokenhere. 
follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetry spoken here. For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, poetryspokenhere at gmail.com. 